is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? So, why is Nick Cannon still relevant? I did not realize that that was Nick Cannon at all. All he does is host shows now, right? Like he hosts, he hosts. Uh, what is it? America's Got Talent. He hosts like I don't know. He just hosts things now. Who still pays him? Like the when I think of Nick Cannon, I think of Mariah Carey. I think of Drumline. That's and then Nickelodeon. Those are the things that I think. Drumline. Of. <laughs> yeah, Drumline actually wasn't too bad, but I don't know. He's just an odd cat. He was wearing a turban today. Turbans are like his thing now, bro. Like he wears them a lot. I did not which... even realize that was him until somebody said that on Twitter afterwards, and I was like, "This is Nick Cannon." I didn't even <laughs> realize that he was standing there with him. That was so weird. But the award show was great. We will get to the award show. Uh, there are some Mavericks that were represented. There was a Maverick that represented. There was a Maverick that was represented. <laughs> And then other Mavericks were represented in voting. So we'll talk about all that. We're also going to get to all that free agent news that we, we alluded to yesterday. And uh, LeVar Ball was on WWE Monday Night Raw. He's ca- I caught some of the highlights of it. Uh, it looks it has awesome. has nothing to do with the Mavericks. Everyone I was, refused to talk every, about it. <laughs> everyone was booing him, and it was great. Uh, his son said the N-word on the TV like several times. I just love it. It's great. I like that there are people on Twitter that are complaining about the purity of WWE and how bringing LeVar Ball goes against like everything that WWE stands for and all this stuff. And you're just like, no, it doesn't because (laughs) it's just newsflash. It's fake. (laughs) It's just entertaining. Oh my gosh. I've never been a WWE guy ever. Like I, I remember going to like a sleepover in like the fourth grade and my entire you know, my entire class was there and they were all playing these like WWE games on PlayStation one. And I just didn't have it. I just had no interest in it at all. Ever. You're over there on like NBA street volume two. Seriously. No, no, yeah. I would rather play like NBA live or something like that than play WWE. They're like, Oh my gosh, look at this move. And I guess playing it as a video game is a lot better than watching it in real life and it not being real life. Anyway, I probably just ruined it for a bunch of people. So, that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. And then the big three was was uh tonight <laughs> or yesterday last night. It was it aired on FS1. It uh was not as good as I thought it was gonna be, but it's still entertaining to have some basketball on. I recorded it. I'll probably might try to go back and watch some, but it just seemed kind of. It seems like one of those things that'd be perfect for Twitter because Twitter's just gonna pull out like some highlights. Yes, but it'd be like kind of boring to watch, but. Yeah, and White Chocolate went down with an injury, which is not something we want to see. 
That sucks. So and the just the lighting was weird. The lighting because it because it's in Madison Square Garden. So they tried to do the same thing that the Lakers do with making the crowd like dark and then this, the the floor like lit up. And so with the camera angles they were trying to use, it just didn't work. Like they they went from the corner from the half court to the sideline and they tried to go the corner diagonally that way, like going diagonally across the basket on the right. And it just technically it didn't really work <laughs> because it's so dark that the, like you can't really tell where the players are. Maybe it's just the TV that I was watching it on, but I don't know for me that for me, that was tough and they won't, they won't have that problem in a lot of arenas across the country. Hope definitely not in the AAC, but yeah, it was just interesting. So anyway, Deshaun Stevenson was interviewed several times, and I'm sure that stuff will come out. He was calling out fakers on Instagram and all this stuff, yes. which, which was great. All right, so let's get into this free agent news. Yogi's team option was picked up. This is a couple days ago, uh, $1.3 million, and then next year he will be a restricted free agent uh, on the books for $1.7 million, and I can't imagine even at this point that he, they wouldn't you know, re-sign him then, but we'll see what happens. He's only played like – Less than he's played less than forty games for the Mavericks, so anything could happen at this point. You know, it goes both ways. We have, you know, he he was added to the the All Rookie Second Team, which is the first time a Maverick has done that since uh, two thousand three, two thousand four, when Josh Howard and Marquise Daniels were both on the second team. And Man. so he did it in like in less than forty games, and then Dirk never made an All Rookie team. So it literally goes both ways. You can either be better. <laughs> You know, you can be better from that point on, or you can be worse from that point on. Like, we will, we will know if this is a high point in, in Yogi's career. You know, in the next five years or so. I miss that wing tandem of Keese and uh, and Josh <laughs> Howard. Man, that was that was those are kind of some low key fun days. But no, I mean Yogi. The the thing with the second team all rookie uh, thing, I thought it was interesting when you saw the voting results that. One, he got like seven first place votes, which is you know kind of cool yeah, from that some was people. Really awesome. Brandon Ingram got eleven first place votes, so let just let that kind of <laughs> it's... sink in there that the number two overall pick, Brandon Ingram, only only got four more first place votes than Yogi Ferrell. And that's not yeah. saying that you know Brandon Ingram will <laughs> project to be not be a better player than Yogi or not significantly better player. Uh, yeah, Yogi is what four years older than Brandon Ingram. I don't know. I don't know their ages, but Brandon just Ingram's the fact 19, that Yogi's twenty three. Just the fact that before the season started, if you said, "Hey, a guy that is undrafted is going to come in late season, play X amount of games, and only get four less votes than you for first team All Rookie team," it's <laughs> that shows a lot about the undrafted guy. Than the highest eligible pick because Ben Simmons wasn't even involved. So, like, the highest possible pick received that only that many more votes than Yogi, which is crazy. It just shows that anything can happen in the NBA. Yeah. You know, we we say we, we're, you know, think we're so smart. We, we call, you know, these super teams super teams. And even little stuff like this shows that you never know. Nothing is ever set in stone. You got to play the games. You got to go out and play. So, uh, yeah. Anything more about Yogi? I mean, his, his options picking up. I think it's it's – it's going to be awesome him and Dennis Smith as a combo because that is just solid point guard play from start to finish in a game. Like we're not going to see any more of these unless we see a ton of injuries like we did, but we're not, we're not going to see any more of these games where it's like, dang, we do not have a point guard. Like our only point guard is Raymond Felton. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's not going to happen anymore. 
because of these guys, and obviously J.J. Barea as well. So just really solid guys that can all, you know, create their own shot and shots for, for other people, which is, is awesome. And Mark Cuban talked about that. He said we need to have a bunch – or I think Rick Carlisle said this. The guys need to have a lot of guys that are creators. We need to have a lot of depth at that position. And they're, they've are they built towards that. Like that's a pretty solid rotation there at the point guard spot. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just our, our long-term J.J., or a new JJ. Long term uh, backup. I'm good with that. Um, yeah. Again, going back to Jonathan Motley being added uh, and being at being uh, signed to that two way contract. Talk to one of my my guys, Jason Lippert, who's who covers the uh, covers Baylor, both you know all all sports, basically basketball, football, baseball, and everything. And uh, this is what he told me about 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 Motley, and he's probably watched him more than anybody. Is Motley is slightly undersized, but will fit perfectly with the small ball movement in the NBA. 7'3 wingspan, solid post game, pretty much everything in the package down low. He can also spot up and, and do some pick and pops at about 15 to 17 feet. He's not afraid to handle the ball. He has above average ball control for his size, will post or somebody when he gets a chance, so I'm excited to see that. Uh, weaknesses are weak side help, defensive when rotating over, shot consistency, effort. Sometimes he would only go 70% on plays when he wasn't completely involved, which is, you know, a lot of young guys that <laughs> if they're not involved, they're not going to go hundred percent, but yeah, just yeah. some good stuff from him. He's going to be a good role guy. It sounds honestly, it sounds a lot like Dwight Powell. <laughs> Don't, do not cast that omen on him, but we'll see. I, this could be the re- Dwight Powell replacement. This could be the, you know, I don't know. They could just end up being redundant. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Saw, that just wanted to I, share a couple I saw a stat with that. Um, I saw a per forty stat with him, which is which those per stats they're kind of weird, but um, we're not per the per forty stats. But I saw a per forty that he averaged four point eight offensive boards per forty. It's kind of impressive. That's a pretty good rate too. And when you're looking at when you're looking at those per thirty six or per forty stats, that's a that's looking at a small sample size because you're taking the sample size that you have and you're you know, projecting it over 36 minutes or 40 minutes. So when you're looking at it, you're saying, well, if a guy rebounds really well in a small amount of time, does that mean that it's going to project in a large amount of time? You know, like you look at Joel Embiid's per 30, like go look at Joel Embiid's per 36 and per 40. It, they're insane numbers. It's like 30 points a game and, you know, like 17 rebounds and all this stuff and like eight blocks. It's, it's just insane. Yeah. But you just, you never know with that kind of stuff. So that's, when you're looking at those kind of statistics, just you know, be careful when you look at it and see like, oh my gosh, this guy should be playing. I mean, that happens all the time. This guy should be playing. Look at his per thirty six. <laughs> that means he's you know has more time to catch his breath. Uh, DeAndre Liggins' option not getting picked up wasn't really surprised by this. Uh, it makes me think that they're gonna find another guard, like an off guard kind of off ball guard kind of guy. Um. But I, guess I think that, it just I guess it's reinforces Devin, I guess it's Devin Harris still that he's yeah stick around. I think it just reinforces the Devin thing. You know, if they brought him back, where you know where would he play? Need Liggins. You know, if they kept Seth, Devin, even West, if he you know plays some minutes at two again, and then the three point guards. You know, where would where would Liggins play? And he's already twenty nine. So, I mean, you don't want to say that that's like old, but. If you're going to have somebody on your roster that's going to kind of set and develop some, you might want to just take a flyer on like a 19-year-old or something. Yeah, that, that's kind of all it is. But uh, it's no knock on him. I think he can play, and I, I think that he can be valuable. 
I said it during the finals. I think Cleveland could have used him yeah. in the finals garden, you know, a staff or somebody. So especially, I don't know. I, I think he has a spot. He's not going away. For sure. And then Dirk's team option being declined. Do not worry about that. Dirk will be coming back. Uh, he had a $25 million team option this this season. I think it's going to be significantly less than that. But we'll see. This is just a weird situation because you you want to be respectful of the player that has been so great to your franchise, the player that is your franchise, basically. And so he was going to take less last year, and then they ended up giving him this two-year $50 million <laughs> deal that he didn't even really expect, I don't think, that just kind of came out. And Mark Cuban was just like, here, like have the rest of our salary cap. Yeah, and even went over it some. Yeah. Uh, this this is another case of don't ever believe what a player says about contract stuff because we asked Dirk plain and clearly uh, it might have been Big Dwayne Price maybe uh, Friday at training camp or batting practice for his game they asked him about his team option and he said oh you know you know we haven't even talked about it yet you yeah. know it's, uh, it's something we haven't even discussed and I'm sure we'll get to it, blah 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 so that was Friday Saturday's the game. He hosts his, you know, game Saturday night. He has his party with Snoop, oh, and he didn't even talk about that. that was and then the next day, Sunday, Stein, you know, tweets out that they've, you know, Mavericks and Dirk, blah blah. blah. So you're going to tell me over the course of from batting practice to Sunday, in between the game, I don't know, did him and Donnie, you know, talk about it in the dugout or nah, when he was on third base? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Dirk was obviously. Uh, throwing that out there you know just the other thing is it was a team option so they could do this regardless of dirk's opinion at all like you know like it doesn't it doesn't take the player's opinion even though it doesn't they're not gonna like every dirk is every decision that's ever made with dirk he's gonna be a part of that so dirk knew that when they signed you know the situations you know we've got some Got some tweets coming. I say, hey, what's Dirk's salary going to look like? We ha- you know, there's no earthly clue how to project that. And I just Seriously. I want to I throw a few numbers at you just to show you kind of the sac. I mean, we know the sacrifice with Dirk, but you know, Dirk for since 2002 to 2013, he made double digit like millions a year. And you know, in 2002, he started off at 10 million, but then it went 10, 11, 12, 13. 15 million, 16 million, 18 million, 19 million, and then 17, 19, and then from 2012 to 2013, he made 20.9 and 22.7. So, I mean, that's a ton of money. But in 2014, that's when Dirk made the huge sacrifice that really shook up some people because, you know, there were reports that Houston and the Lakers specifically had max deals on the table for Dirk. And that was his kind of moment to say, I'm in it. You know, I, I'm I'm staying with that. And he went from making twenty two point seven million in two thousand thirteen to making seven point nine gosh in two thousand fourteen. He turned out a max deal, you know, making twenty plus a million a year to make seven point nine. And then in two thousand fifteen, sixteen he made eight point three, which is just absurd. So, you know, that's when and that's when he signed the two-year $50 million deal that Cuban gave him last year with the option and all that. But, you know, so he gave up there for those couple years, and Dirk's were, you know, or Cuban's saying, hey, let's, let's give him that. But he obviously gave it up for the hope of landing a big fish, a big free agent. And 
so all that to say, we have no clue what he's going to come back at. You know, it's going to, there's going to be so much that depends on that. Obviously with Dirk, you know, how much does he even care about? What does he want? You know, because we saw with the, the stuff last year, it's not about what Dirk wants. It's about like Cuban saying, I'm just going to pay you that. So pretty much get over it. Like yeah, I'm going to pay gonna 25 million a year. And, you know, that's just Cuban being loyal to Dirk because Dirk's been loyal for so long. So there, there, you have no clue. All we know is Stein said something about maybe another two-year deal. Uh, or you know a one plus one basically type thing he joked about at the award show I just, years. <laughs> I just want to say this and this is the first time i i haven't written about or anything i've i keep on saying this to my wife whatever i have a theory with dirk and the whole organization about what they're talking about with multiple years here's my theory yeah because this, this so this multiple years thing you and i have heard this a lot i don't know if everybody that listens has heard it a lot is that any time these past couple of days at the draft, at the, the Dirk Heroes game, at the introduction press conference for, for Dennis Smith Jr., any time Dirk is mentioned, they joke about him coming back for five, ten years. Yeah. And so they just keep they keep talking about it, keep joking about it, and eventually, like, that might be true. <laughs> like, is that going to be true? And so this is where no. your theory comes into play. No, my theory is this is going to be it. And – because he said because this is what I started thinking about at, at towards the end of last year at the end of last year it was constantly tw- you know the storyline was 20 seasons yeah. he wants to get to 20 40 years old and all this stuff but we know how Dirk is he's like Duncan he didn't he's he's said before he did not want to do the Kobe thing yep so we were going down this path back last year of okay he's went one more year one more year one more year well he the obvious thing of us, everybody's like, okay, this is going to be his last season. So what is what is the one way that you could not have a Kobe-type season? By hinting around and telling, like, I'm, I'm totally speculating at this point, but hey, let's talk with Donnie, Cuban, all of us get together and say, let's make the general joke and storyline in every press, anything we ever talk about, let's push the notion of multiple years, five years, ten years, jokes, whatever it is to to take the spotlight off of this is you know this is my last year and even like his joke you know he he said maybe a couple more years to where we get to the end of the season and he's like i'm done and it would be super sad but like we would be expecting that and so that's my theory that they're just kind of all collectively pushing this to where we're not because he is so unselfish and he doesn't want the limelight like kobe got to where now it's, it would get everybody's like, oh, multiple year stuff. So that's just my theory. It's pure speculation. There are no sources attached to that. That's just me, just what I think. Completely. Uh, they could keep pushing this, and they could keep saying that, you know, multiple years, and it totally, totally, basically just throws off the scent. You know, like it just throws everybody yeah, exactly. off. Throws everybody off from thinking that. Like, oh, man, we got to get all of our stuff in. You got to get your last stories in. You got to have that. I mean, can you imagine? No, I can't. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine what the media room would look like? What the, you know, the hallways under the AAC would look like? Can you imagine just what the media tables would look like? There would be no room left in press row. Like, just there would be so many media people there at Dirk's last game. And there might be. There might still be this next season. Yeah, I think there still will be a next season because that – you know, the just the possibility, like, because Dirk just doesn't like that. We saw it with the 30 K night. Like 
he wasn't a fan of the shirts. He didn't, you know, he's like, yeah, I don't want the shirts. You know, and, pressure. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, you know, he's just, he's just not about that. And so that, I don't know. It's just a, a thought of mine. And do I hope he plays five more? Absolutely. Who, who wouldn't, you know, <laughs> Dirk is the coolest, awesomest dude ever. That's not even a word, but we saw it tonight <laughs> with the teammate award. Seriously. Uh, before we get to the awards, Nerland's Noel is being made a priority. I think for, this is this is reported by Mark Stein. It was a report that we joked about yesterday. Like, is this a report? Is this news? It's, it's like, yeah, they, of course they're going to make him a priority. I think a lot of Mavs fans should expect this to be the Mavericks free agent signing. Like, this is the guy that, like, he only got 22 games of him last year. So he's coming in. He's, you know, showed you some stuff last year. But this is a guy, this is the acquisition for the, for the offseason. Him and Dennis Smith Jr., the two guys, the two, like, if you want to talk about new blood coming into the team, these are the two guys. Yeah, and I mean, and you only have so much cap, so right. we don't know what Dirk's going to come back at. And even with that, you know, they're not going to go free agent spending, you know, with big bucks. Not, and they're yeah. not big they're bucks not, saying like more than fifteen million. Let's say <laughs> that like yeah. I can't imagine that happening. You'd have to do a lot of moving around for that. I could see him. Um, you know, they're going to go, I think they would go after maybe some younger type flyers. I could see him getting a, uh, another front court player, you know, like a, you know, a rebounding type guy that could come off the bench if, you know, especially they, they ditch Dwight Powell, but cause we don't know, we don't know Motley if yeah. how much Motley's going to play development, all that stuff. And, but yeah, I could see that. I can maybe see another like kind of wing player, like a Ben McLemore or something like that. Uh, but even him, I mean, he's probably going to get paid a little, a, some money. So I don't know. It's not going to – besides Nerlens, I we don't expect much. I just want to throw this this little nugget out there with the Dirk thing. You know, it just it, – it does open up possibilities. So we'll leave that at that as far as if they can hit a home run, you don't – they're not going to go fishing. And Dirk's like, hey, let's let's go get it, whether it's free agency or something people's not talking about too much trade you know if there is a situation with that to where hey if we could get somebody you know bigger or something and he would come back super cheap which i i don't know i would almost feel i'd almost just feel bad if dirt came up for like five million you know like that would just be stupid i would feel whatever but Gosh. no you're Friggin right like mike, is, mike conley making 25 million dollars more a year than him Please don't say that. That's what would happen if that if that's the case. There's a number floating around that I want to they want to clear up for a lot of people. There's this number, fifteen million, is a number that was talked about on the Ben and Skin show today. I'm pretty sure that Mike Fisher has talked about it that the Mavericks are going to have fifteen million dollars in cap space. That number is generated by the fact that Nerlens Noel's cap hold, which is basically a placeholder that is sort of predicted by the by the league. They have certain measurements and certain things that they use to you know. They have a formula or whatever to make a cap hold, which sort of tries to to negate teams from signing all of free signing all these free agents and then signing their guys to go way over the cap. And you'd think like, man, like that's the point. I thought that's what the point of bird rights was to you know the rights for your own players to sign other players and then sign your players over the cap. Like I thought that's what the whole point was. Sort of yes, but the te- but the NBA has put in all these stipulations for the Warriors to not happen, <laughs> and the Warriors did happen to sign all those guys and to you know keep all of those guys. 
And that's just why that team is so incredible, the way that it's constructed. So that $15 million comes into play because Nerlens has a 10, I think it's $10.9 million cap hold. So that is, that is against the, the cap right now for the Mavericks. And Dirk has a $25 million team option. Uh, Devin Harris has a $4.4 million non-guaranteed. We're assuming that that's going to go. And so if Dirk makes $1, if Dirk's makes, Dirk makes like $0 and Nerland Noel has his cap hold, then you have $15 million. So theoretically, you could sign a guy for $15 million. Say you want to go after J.J. Redick or if you want to go after, like you said, Ben McLemore or you know somebody like that. I wouldn't sign Ben McLemore for $15 million a year, but just no. you know, hypothetically, you go after a guy like that. You could sign him for $15 million and then sign Dirk to go over the cap. Um, you would just be way over the cap or however much Dirk is going to make, you know, the difference there. So that number is going around. That is a feasible number. Like that is a thing that could happen. I just don't think that it's likely that they spend that much on a free agent, but that's probably the realistic cap space that the Mavericks could have. Because, well, here's my thing, which it kind of goes against the grain because Dwight Powell makes nine to sit on the bench. Who, who <laughs> are we going to, who are we going to pay 15 million and like to replace like, Barnes is going to be starting. Yep. Wes is going to be there. He makes 17, so he's not going anywhere. We just drafted Dennis. I can't imagine him getting anybody. You know, Dennis is the man right now. But then you got Dirk and Nerlens. So, I mean, after that, you're paying somebody 15 to come off the bench. And then are we looking at like a Devin or JJ, like not even dressing? That ain't happening. You know, like. Yogi's not going to just be sitting on the bench, not dressing. So Yogi's going to be playing. So that kind of, you know, Seth, <laughs> Seth, Seriously, Seth is going to be playing. So, so like what, who they're just not. And then you're looking at the front court. So, I mean, I don't know just who you pay $15 million to maybe a, an improvement over Salah, I guess a, a, a big guy that, so I don't know, but I think Dirk's going to get minutes, you know, behind Nerland's some so as center so yeah i i, don't I, I I'm, the only thing i can imagine is either a another wing so like right now the wings are barnes and dorian finney smith and wes matthews like they they do play wes at three a lot i don't think that's something he wants to do just from everything that we've heard from him um and i don't think that's even an ideal place for him like guarding like freaking guarding LeBron James and guarding Kevin Durant and you know guarding guys like that like that's just not ideal for him but um I could see them guarding a wing like grabbing a wing like that so so Barnes can play the four more or grabbing a four that you know will eventually replace Dirk and it's not a guy that's going to come in and play like play a ton right away necessarily he's gonna there's gonna be a log jam there for like a year so say Dirk plays one more year then you have this guy that sort of takes his place and then it completely phases out Dwight Powell and then you're able to do whatever you want to get rid of Dwight yeah that Powell. but that see that's my thing too like if Dwight can't get minutes and he makes nine who where's the 15 million dollar man gonna make minutes you know it's true it's true that, I, that's just the only two places that I could even feasibly see or you know, exa- like you said, yeah. like backup center that yeah, I mean I totally agree with that. So because th- then you're paying 24 million to two forwards that you know combined are getting 10 minutes a game or something. Yeah, so that that's just where I see it. Sorry, the free agent. This is actually a good thing for the Mavericks that we're not going to be talking about and like running ourselves in a circle about free agents this year. <laughs> unless they make a trade, like unless they do change their stance on West and say and say, hey, Magically. we really we really want to do this, you know youth movement 
and they trade West and take back some younger people that opens up some cap and then they're big time players. And then you got an extra wing spot. Seth's going to get more minutes, blah, blah, blah. But uh, as constructed, Nerlens is your guy. Yep. Nerlens looks like the guy that's going to be filled with that, that, uh, that space. All right, let's move on to the award show. I thought Drake's monologue was good. It was, it was a little like joke, joke, like, like setup, 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 joke, setup, 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 joke. But there was some good stuff in there. Uh, Kenny, they had the, the TNT guys, Kenny, Shaq, uh, Charles Barkley and Ernie Johnson over on the stage left side. And, uh, they kept going to him. Like basically they were, they were like commentating about what was happening during the yeah. award show, which is sort of funny. And then Kenny made this great, uh, ghostwriter joke to, to Drake. He's saying, like, did he even write those jokes? Which is an awesome just, uh, you know, joke there for him. And then Dirk, then Drake came back a couple segments later and said, the guys in the back just told me about Kenny's joke. And uh, that's harsh words coming from the most expendable member of the NBA on TNT crew. I <laughs> That was a great joke just to come back and hit him with that. Because Kenny is. Like, if there's one guy, he could get rid of on that. Oh, 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 Drake. No, you know, we talked about this before. I didn't watch all of the monologue yeah. because in all honesty, I just wasn't looking forward to the <laughs> to the award show. I just <laughs> we walk, we talked about it walking out of the press conference the other day. Yeah. The Dennis Smith like I've just already turned the page on the season. Like, I mean, it was cool. I watched like the second half of it tonight, but I don't know. I watched it and I'm not the I'm not the biggest Drake fan, especially the host stuff. When he did the ESPYs and he made I, this, I, this is probably going down a rabbit hole, but he made the jokes about the players having you know side chicks and stuff. I don't know that. I just don't like jokes about the, about that stuff. I, we know it happens in the league, in every league. Um, but that whole, who wrote that story about the tenderization <laughs> of the NBA? Like that whole that whole thing yeah, came and, out. Like, all right, holy I cow. think it's. I think it's. I think we speak out of both sides of our mouth with that and degrading women and I don't know speaking about them like that and I value marriage a lot too. So I don't know. It, it was just. It was made. He made it into a big joke and a big song and about all that. So I don't know. That was that was me uh, tu- tuning out for a, a Drake hosting job again. Some of his music's good, but just hosting. But but anyway, yeah, he made some funny jokes tonight. The uh, the one thing I didn't really like was. Uh... He's, he made a like a slave joke, which I'm not going to really share. It was just – it was a little in poor taste. But, you know, whatever he's going to do with that, that's what he decides to do. I just didn't really care for that part of it. All. it, was, it sort of was – you could tell he was going for like a shock factor at the beginning. Yeah. And I wasn't really for that. But what I do remember from those SBs, <laughs> the joke with Skylar Diggins, who is now a Dallas wing. Oh, man. He wrote this poem. He wrote this poem to her, and it was called "Can I Dig In?" Oh man, that was hilarious! And then she came out on stage, and she like kissed his forehead, and it was really (laughs) funny. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Drake was good, and then uh, Dirk. I didn't even know that this was a thing. Like, I didn't even know that he was up for this award, or you know who the the, who the like the runners up were or whatever. But Dirk won the uh, Time and Stokes Teammate of the Year award, and. I mean, what a great guy. <laughs> what a great guy to give yeah. this award. Like, I, I wrote this down and thought, can we say anything better about Dirk Nowitzki? Can we? No. <laughs> like, we've said so many things. And even the two people that were presenting, one of them said 
this is just funny. One of them said Dirk Nowitzki, and one of them said Dirk Nowitzki, and they said it at the same time, and you could hear the different consonants that they were saying <laughs> as yeah. they said it. It's just I thought that was really funny. Then the, you know, we, the runner up for Dirk, do you know who it is? Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler, and then fourth place in that award was Jason Terry, the Jet. Yeah, because uh, Tim McMahon tweeted out and said, "Hey, this says a lot about the locker room for that 2011 championship team." You know that three out of the four top guys in that were uh, were on that were on that team. <clears throat> but um, there's something with Dirk. You know, with with Dirk, we can never talk about how awesome of a guy Dirk is. But you know, I, I get asked a lot. You know, and I'm sure you do too. You know, people that friends and stuff that know that. Oh, okay, you cover the Mavs and. You go to practices, do different things. Last year, I spoke at a, an elementary school uh, for like a career day and showed him <laughs> showed him a bunch of pictures, just to, and just tell him about writing and all this stuff and to pay attention in your English class and blah blah blah. So I showed him a lot of pictures and, and all every class was a question: Who's your favorite Maverick? Who's your favorite Maverick? <laughs> and you know you don't want to be like cliche about it and you want to give them like a different player or something, but you just can't. Like Dirk, Dirk is He's just. The- He's the best, and he's the best with, I mean, with everybody. And it's just, I don't know, you can't, you just can't comprehend it. He's he's spoken so highly of, and he has this persona about him, and people, like, have this image of who Dirk is. And it's one of the few situations that you're like, that's spot on. Like, that's exactly who Dirk is. It's not like, okay, I have this image of this player, of this celebrity, but then behind doors, he's this other guy. I think he's, oh, this guy's so great. This girl's so great. But then they're like, oh, man, like, look at this. No, Dirk's that guy. And is like, that's who he is. And that, I don't know, it's just, it's cool to see him honored like that tonight. And he had a cool speech, too. He's not hiding anything. That's the thing about Dirk. He is who he is. And you've seen him. Sometimes I am in, I am amazed by the amount of things that the social media team will make Dirk do. <laughs> you know, like the the uh, the what does the fox say video, the pineapple pen video. Like he just stands in front of a green screen and will do whatever they say. And the guy just he doesn't care what he looks like because he he has nothing to hide. He's not putting on a front. He's not trying to be too cool for school. He's not a guy that's gonna you know, go crazy with the the fashion or whatever to try to like put on this image. And he's just who he is. And it's incredible. And that's, it's, there's something to be said about that with a longstanding career and a guy that can consistently step up, you know, year after year after year and have this longevity in this career that if you're going to do that, you have to be exactly who you are because you can't, you know, like even, even the, you know, the great Stephen Colbert can't be somebody else for it. <laughs> For like forever, you know, eventually he has to move on and be himself instead of just like a version of himself or like be a caricature, you know, like TV yeah. shows don't last forever. You can't be a caricature all the time. And yeah, I just think that we can't say enough good stuff about Dirk. So he won the teammate of the year. He got up. The first thing he said was, this is a great award. And I be- I doubt any of my teammates even voted for me for it. <laughs> it's just the, I love the, uh, like the self-degrading like humor that he has and, you know, it's just awesome. And you see guys look at him in the locker room and on the floor and, you know, they go after him in practice with shooting contests and, and he, you know, calls him out and you see him in, on, in warmups and stuff. He just still loves it. He loves being around teammates. He loves joking with people. He loves, you know, sort of pushing them around. You saw it at the, uh, the heroes game. Whenever somebody showed up, he was super excited, super happy to see them. 
uh, I tweeted this that that at the the training camp or the batting practice when Seth Curry showed up, he uh, he walked in, he he sort of just saunters in like Seth Curry does, just sort of like swaying back and forth with his you yeah. know, glasses on and his hat. And uh, Dirk goes, Sethany. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was great. He's just that's the kind of guy he is, and yeah, can't say enough about Dirk. All right, the moment of the night before before the 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 whole show was stolen by Ernie Johnson and Monty Williams was Bill Russell getting on stage and accepting the Lifetime Achievement Award and having all those guys. I can't even remember all the guys. It was Dikembe Mutombo, Shaq, Alonzo Mourning. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think there was one more. I just can't remember. But Bill Russell gets up on stage, and you forget. You think like, I, I always imagined Bill Russell was a seven footer, but the guy is like six nine. Like you know, the guy is like Harrison Barnes height, and uh, so he's standing next to all these dudes, and he's he was it was a little awkward, but he turns around, he starts counting and pointing at all the guys and counting them, and he's like, "I'd whoop all your ass," <laughs> just like to all yeah. these guys, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Oh man! Somebody tweeted out before that happened that the the award show, no, it, it's telling that the award show didn't generate one meme from the entire night. And I was like, "There it is! There's your meme! Like that, that's that's what we've been waiting for is that for that to happen for yeah. Bill Russell to get up there and still talk trash to these guys that are <laughs> they've been retired for like decades now at this point. It was just a great moment. Yeah, Bill's the man. I mean, he's getting older and. Whenever he does pass away, like, it's going to be a huge deal. So I was just—I was trying to explain to my wife exactly who Bill Russell is. Good luck. And I don't know. It's just—it's kind of hard to comprehend. It's—it's it's hard for people to comprehend him and Wilt. And I am—I will die on my hill, my Wilt Chamberlain hill, mountaintop. Um, but that can—that's a different conversation as far as where I have Wilt at the top of my charts. But, but yeah, him and Bill. I mean, that was—I mean. Russell with 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 those guys. It was it was a cool moment. Cool moment for everybody. Definitely. So he that was a great moment for him. Then we had this weird they were doing these like skits. Like if you ever watch the Oscars, they have these things where they're they're like pre-recorded skits or like sketches or something and they sort of make fun of the things that are happening. If it's the if it's the Emmys, it shows like a bunch of different TV shows just mashed together. Like there was one time where they did this whole thing with Glee where they just like made them like all these different characters from TV shows compete in a, you know, in a choir competition or whatever, a show choir thing. Uh and this time they did a cameo of Get Out and I, I tweeted it from Mavs Fanatics. So you can go <laughs> you can go watch it there, but <laughs> It was about Get Out, and if you haven't seen it, it'll make absolutely no sense. Some guy even tweeted us and said, what am I watching? <laughs> what is this? It makes no sense. And uh, they have Drake pretending to be Steph Curry, and you have uh, this other actress playing Aisha Curry, and she is like hypnotizing him basically to stay and not go out and hang out with Draymond. And then Aisha calls for Seth Curry to come down and bring bring her tea, which in the movie, the tea is like the thing that, hypnotizes you like you hear the sound of the the spoon scraping across the bottom of the cup and so this guy comes down he's like this overweight guy with this goatee and it just kind of looked like seth like just barely looked like seth he comes down and he hands the tea and then drake who's being steph curry goes hey what's up little bro and he throws out his fist and then the guy playing seth curry just like grabs it <laughs> instead of giving the fist bump back Oh, that was great. 
but you can go watch it. It's probably everywhere on the internet now. So that happened. So Seth Curry made a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't even Seth. <laughs> no, a caricature of Seth made a cameo. Uh, but Steph, Steph Curry wasn't even there. That was one thing about the award show is that the three best players in the NBA weren't there. <laughs> it's Steph Curry, <laughs> LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. None of them were nah. there. Uh, did they, you know, I missed the beginning, but did they honor the Warriors at all? Uh, I mean, that is. In commercials, you know, I, they did. I don't know. I can't, sometimes you can't tell what's a commercial and what's like on screen there because they show uh, it like as a video. So they, I mean, they mentioned it, but. So uh, we talked about Yogi being the all-rookie second team, and that was a weird thing in the award show because they didn't show any of the all-NBAs or the all-rookie or all-defensive teams. They announced it earlier today. So I don't know if they were just, like, drumming up interest for the award show or if they were they just didn't have enough time to show this stuff. And so uh, Yogi made all-second team. Like we said, Marquise Daniels, Josh Howard are the last two to Mavericks to make it. Before that, Jason Kidd and Jamal Mashburn made it – Made all-rookie first team in back-to-back years, which was 93-94 and 94-95. And then before that, <laughs> these are all like 20 years apart. So you have – no, yeah, I guess they're 10 years apart. You have the, the 2000s, the 90s, and you have the uh, the 80s, which is Roy Tarpley, Sam Perkins, and Jay Vincent in all-made uh, NBA – all-rookie first team. So each decade is represented by Mavericks and all-rookie which they shouldn't be a decade apart. Like that's not something we should <laughs> hope to do, but that happened. Uh, also most improved was Giannis Antetokounmpo, Seth Curry and Harrison Barnes received two third place votes each, which is kind of a joke because I mean, those, those guys like really improved and they only got third, two third place votes. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. And then Wes Matthews received four all defensive team votes and an Isaac. It's blasphemy. <sighs> I need to let you know. He received four all-defensive team votes, and he received two first-team votes for all-defensive team. That's what I'm talking about. Which player received one all-defensive team vote? Cody Zeller. LeBron James. Whoa, 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 whoa. LeBron received one first-team, and Wes received two? Yep. Is that a, okay? Do you remember okay. how we started this podcast, like way back, the one of our first episodes? Yep. yep. Just gonna let that just simmer, <laughs> you know, and uh, just let 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 those people out there that you know reach out to me on Twitter with some very kind words that said <laughs> that when I said on the record that I would rather have Wes Matthews guarding on the wing, like a point guard, like a James Harden or a Lillard. Uh, at the end of the game instead of LeBron. I got roasted for that, and I still stand by it. LeBron received 12 total votes, but one only one first-team vote. Also, huh. for what it's worth, Rick Carlisle received zero votes for Coach of the Year. That's kind of weird. I, I, you know, something with Coach of the Year, there, I agreed D'Antoni was my pick too. I never understood the Spo stuff because – Spo had to lose that many games at the beginning beginning of the season to have the the awesome turnaround, and it was a crazy turnaround with that like no, roster. The, injury, stuff. the injuries played a lot to do with the first half of the season. But are we really going to talk about injuries to the Miami Heat? <laughs> but, like, well, they <laughs> lost Chris Bosh, so I mean, you can, 
They lost literally well, I mean, like a perennial all star, so you gotta you gotta give them some credit for doing it without him. But they didn't have him. They didn't have him last year either, though. Like, like that. I'm not taking away like a ton from Spo. Like I think he's great. It's just when it comes down to those final three finalists, I would rather have somebody that did it from from day one instead of a crazy turnaround. You know, in the middle of the season. The, and that the thing that made the Heat so incredible is that like guys go there every year and, and get better for some reason like Deion waiters came out of nowhere james johnson came out of nowhere and the, i think the team was thir- the third best team in the nba the last half of the season that's incredible that's an incredible turnaround like that is a coaching job right there there's Did they make the playoffs they, they were the last te- the last team on the bubble to make the playoffs they were that really close my case and there's the re- it's the reason why he didn't win coach of the year if they would have made the playoffs he would have been coach of the year hands down as the that, eighth that, seed as the eighth seed that would have happened that would have swung enough votes i believe well i guess if russ can get it winning like 12 games i guess spo would be <laughs> winning spo- 12 games get out of here <laughs> James Harden's my MVP, by the way. Russia, no guy. I would, I would have voted for James Harden too, but I'm, I'm kind of glad that Westbrook won it. I was fine with both of them winning it. I was, I'm not going to be like, oh, if you've listened to Mass Fanatic podcast, Taman was just going hard on Russell Westbrook all season, and it was just, I could not stand it. Eventually, I was like, come on, Taman, we need to stop. We need to talk about something else. Maybe me and Taman need to talk. <laughs> you should just kidding. No, I don't go. I don't go as hard on, on Russ. Like, here's my thing with Russ. Russ did what he had to do. And that, like, whatever floats your boat with that. But from efficiency numbers to shot attempts to making your teammates better to your projected record, like, Houston was projected like a 40, like, what, one team, and they finished with over 50-something wins at the third seed in the West. Yeah, well, don't give give me no bull crap about their teammates either. That stuff always made me mad about, and I'm, (laughs) look at me, I'm taking up for the Houston Rockets. But people acting like Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson are freaking the next coming of Wilt and Jordan. Seriously, they were they were both cast off from the Pelicans team. The Pelicans, you know, like the Pelicans didn't want them back. And now that awesome supporting cast is on the trade block for nothing. Seriously, so yeah, their 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 supporting casts weren't that that different. They were definitely different functionally, but not talent level wise. Like, would you put? Would you say that Victor Oladipo and Eric Gordon are that different talent wise? I mean, I think uh, I think Oladipo's more explosive, but Gordon's going to be the better outside shooter. And this is my whole yeah, thing. So People have just hammered Victor about this, and I'm like, okay, you're you're telling me you'd rather have because a lot of people are saying, okay, Russ needed more outside shooting. I get that, but you're telling me you'd rather have Corver instead of Oladipo. You're full of crap. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that's not, you can't just say, hey, here's Russ and. Let me just put a bunch of Channing fries around him. That's not how it works. Like, so I don't know. I mean, the triple double thing. Whatever you want to say with that of pat, you know, stat padding and getting his. I don't know. I just I feel like I watched a, a decent amount of Thunder games this year, and you could almost see even in the game in in Dallas. I don't know. You could almost just see him going for assist so obviously. And then, you know, and once he gets the triple-double, then seeing how his game changes after that, I don't know. But I know it feels like I'm just hating on him at this point. But 
And it's just that that argument is just so done now. Like that's that's the biggest knock on the NBA awards. The season's show. done. It, it, the season like, is done. Like you said, we talked about it walking out of the Den- the Dennis Smith Jr. press conference. We're like, how is the award show still like four days away from now? That doesn't make any sense. The season is literally turned. Summer league is summer league is what two weeks away? A week away? I, no, it's a couple days away from Orlando starting. You're listening to this right now on Tuesday. It'll be the 26th. And it'll be the 27th when you guys listen to that. So four days. <laughs> yeah. We really don't. We don't know the final rosters yet. We we have an idea of some names, but uh, nothing official. Yeah, nothing yeah. official has come out. So we'll talk about that as soon as it happens. So thanks so much for joining us. We talked about the uh, free agent news at the top of the show. We also got into the NBA awards show, all the awards that the Mavericks were up for. Dirk Nowitzki winning the uh, teammate of the year award talked all about that again if you guys haven't we're looking for the best nicknames for dennis smith jr if you're going with junior let us know junior if you're going with you know some crazy like flying the flying you know something if you if you write in dennis the menace i will not count that <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that i will read that go <laughs> ahead and comment on itunes so go search us on itunes find it Rate us five stars and comment with your nickname ideas. We will read all of them on the podcast at a later date when the NBA slows down. Because it has not slowed down still. It's starting to. Then we're going to hit free agency at the beginning of July, Summer League. And once Summer League is done, then we'll sort of slow it down. So send us your Dennis Smith Jr. nickname ideas at um, at on iTunes just under the Mavs Fanatic. Mavs, Mavs Locked on Mavs uh, <laughs> podcast page on iTunes there. So go ahead and do that, and thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it, guys. Tweet us at Nick Van Exit at, at Isaac Harris NBA. Appreciate your tweets so much. It helps us create content. Know what you guys are looking for, and uh, I do concede that <sighs> Dak Prescott is less famous than Andy <laughs> Roddick, <laughs> but not for long. Not for long. No, Dak so will pass him. Nick tweeted and said that I would put our names beside it. If you're that confident in Dak being more popular, <laughs> then you would own put your name beside no, it. I, I own it. I own that that was a bad take. I, I own that. But I, I don't think it'll last long. Neither of them were on the ESPN Top 100 Famous Athletes, though. I thought that was interesting. No, interesting. I mean, Dak just has to, like, do more than what he did this season. Which is asking for a lot from a quarterback who came in and defied all expectations. All right. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We appreciate it. Peace out. Boom. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.